How'd you been? Sorry. Oh, well, I just, even sometimes when I'm meet up with a friend I'll go over a few things that I meant really? I, well yeah because I hate missing stuff when you see them Do you, don't you find yeah I mean I wish I'd been more like that weirdly that's one thing I like about social media is that when, when you catch up with an old friend they vaguely know how you're doing yeah like, right. that's a real weight off my shoulders yeah because um, I know you don't have social media, but if I didn't have social media, the idea of seeing an old friend who hasn't seen me for a year has no idea what I'm up to. And I'm like, where do I even start? I mean, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to comprehend telling you about the last year. Yeah, yeah. But if yeah. you've been vaguely keeping up with my Instagram stories, you've got a vague idea of what's going on, you know? And that just, and also it means I don't have to meet certain people. I'm like, you get it, you know? You can keep it as a... Um what do you call it? A parasocial relationship? Yeah, you keep. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice just keeping like a, a lot of parasocial relationships going. I, I've got a lot of parasocial. I remember I invited a guy to a barbecue that I was having. Yeah. Because I knew he was out of town. Oh, nice. But I wanted to get the credit for the invite. That's a dream scenario. Yeah. Would you not have wanted him to come to the barbecue? Uh, no, but I like knew that he was out of town. Yeah. Because I like, I Googled his. Well, like, it's an easy win. Yeah. You should, that's a great way of doing it is that you should keep really up to date with where people are and then just keep inviting them when they're out of town. Exactly. Well, you can if they if they have a tour schedule. Yeah. You oh, can that's just perfect. Google them. That's the thing with comedians. You can always just yeah, find out when they're out of the country. He's in Perth this week, so I'll give you... Because then, yeah, then you've kept the relationship. You want it kind of alive for some reason, like yeah. on life support. But then if you <laughs> if the, if you've invited them five or six times and they've been out of the country then suddenly they feel an immense amount of guilt yeah you know because they also feel it feels like they owe you which you then can use yeah exactly so they're, they're in many ways they're in your debt because you'd feel awful wouldn't you if someone could use because then they'd say like oh no I do want to hang out with Dan but he probably thinks I hate him because he probably thinks I'm making up that I'm always out of the country yeah exactly whereas it's the opposite of the case yeah yeah totally you know fully that he's out of the country it's the only reason you've messaged him is he's out of the country yeah you're just you're just getting that extra that extra credit you know, but you don't you don't have any social media, do you? Uh, no, no. I, I think I have like some phantom account that I can't get rid of. It's very there's like I, I find there's a lot of digital yeah. weirdness out there where mm. like do you know what I mean? You've got an account that you can't quite close. Yeah. Like you've tried ghosts. But they won't let you. It feels like digital a digital ghost. It's like an apparition. It's sort of like I remember I was on you. Yeah, there's a lot of digital ghosts. Like I remember on Facebook having like a group. And like it just was dormant for ages. A Facebook group. Yeah, yeah, like you know, just a Facebook group of friends or whatever. Um, and what was it? What was the setup for the group? What was the premise? It was just people that were kind of in this group of people that would hang out and play music or whatever. Oh no, so it was music based. Yeah, group. and and I remember just lay dormant, and then suddenly all these people from like Southeast Asia started like swarming the group and it became... Oh, it was a public group? Yeah. Well, no, no, it was a closed group. It didn't make sense, but <laughs> basically everyone had different symbols in their name and it, it exploded. Like there was thousands of people with like really? Vietnamese names in the group. And, um, but there's no way to explain. Like you can't go to a private detective and be like, what's happened here? No. It's just digital weirdness. <laughs> yeah, that is you just know? digital weirdness. Have you had examples like that? Um I guess what I have is that I've had a lot of like Facebook groups I've set up with collect creative collectives throughout my life that I've set up that like are disbanded because I'll meet three people. And I'm like, we're going to be the people that I'm create with constantly. And then two years go past and I'm like, this is not it. And then I'll meet another three people. And it's like, this is going to be my, my creative crew. And so there's just like a litany of these old production companies that I've set up, put, images made a big deal and then there's nothing on them yeah that's so exactly what there's this still was. people uh for some reason joining it even though it hasn't posted anything for 2014 yeah and it's a horrible feeling of like uncanniness when you see uh old group that hasn't posted for 20 like for eight years it's terrifying it feels like this shouldn't exist yeah it's what it, feels like you're walking through like old ruins and that, that is that feeling of like time passing that yeah, it's the digital equivalent of, of walking through, like, the rubble of the Berlin Wall. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's a real yeah. feeling of, like, time passing. That's what it is. It's uncanny, these uncanny feelings that it triggers. Yeah. Where it's like, it's kind of like a WhatsApp group that disbands. Yeah. It was it was going to be a thing. It was taking off. It was like a movie meetup group. Yeah, well, it's weird. It's like you, you want, 
you want sort of digital archivists who mm. keep stuff that's relevant and of historical value because the problem with the past is we don't have enough of the stuff like there's we've got only small amounts of ruins of stuff we'd love more yeah, yeah. but the problem with the digital stuff is we've got everything forever nothing's disappearing it's, it's there's too much but what happens what happens in three thousand years yeah will that facebook group still exist that's a good question does it all get wiped you know how long do, will these stay on will they have to keep some of them for historical records of the way people used to live or do they just go we need you know it's, it's always confusing when they're like we've run out of storage for this data yeah it's like what how <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't understand it it's just a ethereal thing it's like yeah. a ghost saying there's no more room in the hotel for <laughs> yeah. other ghosts yeah like are they actually cre i never understand that when when it's like it takes up room on the server or whatever in the cloud yeah or even but it must do so it can't just be is it just electricity yeah it's is like it just vibes is it a vibe? <laughs> just like, a vibe-based Because when I get system. charged, you know, $3,000 for going off roaming in Phuket or whatever. Yeah, that always pisses me off. Yeah, is, is that like I'm getting charged for using more ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> or I used a ghost in another area? Yeah. Well, I don't know the rationale. Well, it's more like, a, I think it's more like a, a punishment. Mm. It's more of a, a fine of like, the only way we can make money is trapping people. Yeah. You've been caught. You, you, you know, tried to have fun rules. in Portugal. Yeah, there's rules here. Um, Don't stream Game of Thrones on the bullet train. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's, the, that's the kind of lesson <laughs> that you get from it. But it, yeah, it's just, it's just bizarre. That really pisses me off when a company is, is, is fucking you that way. Yeah, also, why are we paying for 4G? Or should there not be... What, 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 how much do we have to pay people to keep 4G going? Yeah. There's the towers. There's probably a couple of people who work there. But it feels like... It should be unlimited 4G. Yeah. Surely. Well, yeah, it's like we've got billions of ghosts here and there's more coming in and we've got enough room for infinity ghosts. But then it's acting like it's a finite resource. Yeah, it's acting like ghosts can only be one to a room. Well, that should be nationalized, I feel. Yeah. Like that's something that would just make... Because it's being finite resource because they're trying to make money, but it feels like that should be like... I would like a, when people freak out about the new world order. Yeah. You know that? Like people yeah, talk yeah. about the great reset or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let's reset. Yeah. Like I, I'm for it. Like whatever. Like I what want. Do people, but are the, is the great reset, is that normally right wing people? Is it? Is it? Well, or, maybe it's doomsday prep type people. Right? But is doomsday prep, is that what political leanings or is that sort of? Yeah, I doubt is that, that that's. Apolitical? I feel like it's far right. There's nearly always great reset is let's go back to the 50s. Yeah, I, I feel, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, I guess maybe the New World Order is the one, I like, I want, no, because they, no, they act like there's a New World Order. Well, the New World Order often has anti-Semitic undertones. But I'm like, bring that on, like, I want the barcode on What's my neck barcode? or whatever to oh, log really? to everything. Like, do you know what, I want the same currency everywhere. Yeah, I completely globalised. Because then you wouldn't have to change a SIM card over. Yeah, that's true. I guess, um it's, it's just convenience. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's you can find that balance of convenience because there is something you don't want everything to look like a McDonald's car park. That is the problem. Really? Would, would you? Would you want? You want the whole? I like it. To... I kind of. <laughs> I, 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 I like the way every piece. Like now, you go to anywhere in any country, it could be anywhere because there's a McDonald's in the background. I'd say and that's, I kind of that's like probably that. the thing that haunts me the most about modern life. Really? And that's probably my biggest like thing. I'm scared about happening in the UK is that it becomes a sort of non-place where it becomes a shopping mall or a, a place that could be anywhere. A liminal space. Yeah, I just, that terrifies me. I like the idea of shared currency. I feel like that's not that culturally relevant what what currency you use. Right. I think everyone should have the same adapters for chargers. Yeah. Same SIM cards. All of that, I think, globalise the fuck out of it. But then I want to really localise everything else. Because it's it just, otherwise there's nowhere to, there's no point in travelling. No, that's what I like about it. You don't, you don't, like, you don't like traveling. As though. soon as I travel anywhere, I just want to recreate what I do at <laughs> yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so going to McDonald's is like a safe space. Yeah. So, but like. Some of my best experiences overseas have been in McDonald's. Really? I it, think, yeah, just. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, so you've. We, we, went, we did the Edinburgh Fringe together. That's where we met. Uh, Dan Rath, a fantastic um, stand up comedian um, who doesn't fully exist because you're not online. So you're sort of like. In many ways, you, you are like a ghost because you're not online. Which is ironic because I only exist in the physical form. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. what I find fascinating is like, 
I stumbled across you through word of mouth, through whispers. Th- through digital whispers? Well, no, through real people whispering to me. Analog like whispering. Analog whispering. <laughs> Most of the time when I find a comedian I like, oh, their, their, their stand-up clips will come into my algorithm. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll find their page. I'll look at their podcast. This guy's really funny. You've got to check out this guy. But then mm. you have a sort of mythic status because you're not online. So only a couple of comedians will be, oh, Dan Rath's great. You'll really like Dan Rath. And they'll tell your premises, but it's all like Chinese whispers. As a result, you you only often have very few people. Like I've, I've, had, I've had people Come. repeat your premises differently to me. And that's kind of doing the same as putting out stand-up clips. Oh, that's But you good. don't put out stand-up clips, but you've got I just know, a couple of comedians. You've got a couple of comedians who are just kind of badly doing your bits. To you uh, well that's good well because like in, in the clips there's not it's like the no, there's not many algorithm. yeah it's like the algorithm back in the middle ages it's word of mouth yeah yeah I, I could just operate as a town crier <laughs> yeah, yeah. and by town crier I mean someone who weeps publicly <laughs> yeah <laughs> in, like the, in the town square yeah. everyone knows about you yeah, word, yeah. word would spread you weep have publicly have you seen that town crier yeah it, it, it uh, yeah well I, I, I've I, like I noticed any thing that I've filmed there's very few laughs <laughs> like it's, it's, so like I hope that it, it, it can work without laughter do you know what I mean like I, I hope that even in the laughter vacuum of laughter someone goes mm, that's interesting that's how it could, but I think the reason why I liked your stuff is I feel we have quite a similar view of comedy where we're just so obsessed about the premise um, or like so obsessed about the idea yeah, like yeah I find an idea so funny I want to share it I don't really care about people know about my life. I don't care that much about even performance. Like I do it because it helps, but I'm all about the purity of that's a funny idea. I want to share it. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. Even more so than I want to tell it. Yeah, I think it, it's just the anxiety of, of the performance maybe. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like the performance side of it. It's not, I, I meet comedians who like just live for the attention and like, yeah. the like I'm sort of take or leave it. I don't need that too much. But I, I just want to get some of these ideas out because I think they're really funny. It's more the things that you need to do it. Like, like I need like a, it's like, it's like, I call it neurotic choreography, which is like, you need a certain amount of this and that as a cocktail to do it. What do you mean? Like Red Bull, red wine. Really? Red Bull, like, red wine? Like is two your litres of water. Um, <laughs> is, that you, you need to, is that what you need to perform? Yeah. And then I need to pee in a bottle before I go on. Like, it's like, uh, there's this. Is that your ritual? Yeah, yeah. That's such a um, that's such a terrible ritual. It's awful for the heart. The heart is crying. Well, yeah. If you're because it's about building habits. That's yeah, what, and that's, that's an just, awful. You habit. just built terrible habits. That's an awful habit. <laughs> Those are awful habits. It, it takes years off your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, but it's just it's just because um, it's stressful. It stressful. I do think caffeine's good though for it. I yeah. don't think being tired and nervous is not a good combination. I don't know because I find I get so caffeinated. The adrenaline is my caffeine when I'm on stage. It's it's the adrenaline is yeah. enough. Yeah. See, I don't have enough natural adrenaline. So you need to. Yeah. I, I outsource. I I feel like you know how people get hair transplants. Yeah. I wish you could get a dopamine receptor transplant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I would go love to n- Turkey. And yeah, and just get. New dopamine receptors. So all of these depressed... So you know how there's... Have you seen those pictures of people coming back from Turkey on the plane? Are they smiling? Well, no, it's more like... It was people coming back and it's just loads of English bald men with like bandages on their head. So people are video like a plane back from <laughs> Turkey and it's just a row... Is it? That's It's funny. just a row of uh, like quite sheepish looking men all with plasters all over their heads, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you want a thing where you go to Turkey... You go to Turkey miserable and you come back beaming smiles I'd be beaming I'd I'd get both I'd get the hair transplant and the dopamine receptors well I find my dopamine I think I've definitely got some sort of ADHD something I don't you know I don't think it actually matters that much what you've got I I, I think to be honest there's like you talk about autism on stage Mm. but in my head I'm like it's so unclear what these mean anymore because everything's mm. getting so oh, overdiagnosed. It's like astrology. Yeah. It really is. It's yeah. like I'm a Libra. It's the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's just, <laughs> There's no difference between being a, a, a Scorpio and an ADHD. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's the same rationale. It's like, oh, sorry, I'm a Scorpio. When you, it's like your horoscope for that day. Yeah. If you're ADHD, this means that you... Have, this will. This is why you feel like this. You, you ADHDs deal with autumn like this. Yeah. 
you know, are you compatible in a relationship? You know, ADHD, autism. It, it, it's it's to me, it's the, I mean, psychiatrists are like the star sign readers yeah. of today. I think- But they're cloaked I think in we science. have three categories. Normal, um, a bit off, and Down syndrome. Yeah. Or like a, whatever Down syndrome is. Yeah, it should be, it should be- It's like- Three categories. Yeah, it's like normal, functioning fine, functions, but is a bit off and weird. Yeah. So we're in fu- function two, and then it's uh, debilitated mental disability. Yeah, because otherwise like, it's a choose yeah. your own adventure of idiosyncratic <laughs> yeah. uh, ailments. But it's more like if you've got ADHD and you've got or you've got autism or stuff, you should just all you're all vaguely in the same. Like it's all touching the same sort of symptoms. Yeah, like yeah. I'm diagnosed dyspraxic, but then I have so many ADHD symptoms that it's like all the advice of ADHD. I can take. Well, what about just being a weirdo with no diagnoses? Well, I ha- can, we that, t- can that be a thing? You're just like, imagine that someone who's just a complete well, weirdo, but that- they're not diagnosed. Do you know what I mean? They're like, no, well, I'm-, I'm actually obsessed with this because we talked about this on the Patreon a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what, I'm also interested in intelligence. Mm. Like what is, who's the thickest person alive who doesn't have learning difficulties? Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the liminal fe- space of disability. Because, like, what level of brain power? Because it feels like if you have any sort of, you're slow with certain things. It's normally always, oh, they're not, they're not stupid. They've got dyslexia. They've got dyscalculia. They've, it's always like, right. oh, their brain just works in a different way. Is there anyone who doesn't have any learning difficulties? It is just their brain's just bad. Yeah. Or does it by definition? Because at some point your lowness IQ has to be. If you have a low enough IQ, then it has to be a disability at some point. Yeah, you don't want to be flirting with Down syndrome. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like you're, you're one point above, so you still have to pay your taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that sucks. No, that's the worst thing ever. Because as soon as you get into like disability yeah. territory, then it's like, yeah, he's got disability. It's, you should respect well, the that. The most sympathy should be reserved for people that are in on the borderline. They're in the demilitarized zone yeah. of purgatory a disorder. Yeah, they're in, they're in, they're, yeah, they're in, they're in ailment limbo. <laughs> Condemned to kind of just be in this ambivalent space where there's no sympathy coming in. Yeah. So you've got no sympathy fuel, no victim, no, one cares. no victim fuel, no victim no points, no points. Yeah. Can't even. There's no. There's not because it's a, sort of a currency. Is your victim? Yeah. Points. You got nothing. You can't monetize it. <laughs> you, you got you can't Dogecoin. Being a bit thick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's just. In fact, you're a figure for ridicule. Yeah. You you're actually the only acceptable. Do you know what I like? It's the last taboo. Yeah. Is um, traditional stupidity. Well, yeah. You're, you're probably. Yeah. You're gonna be. You're gonna be kind of a pariah. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to block cues and just yeah. be confused in yeah. interactions. You're just praying that the level of what makes a disability keeps growing mm. so that you finally get enveloped and you're in the safe zone. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. And then you're, you're in, yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's, that's really, we're not speaking about these people. No, these are the people we need to talk about. This is what this podcast is about. It's about, that's what this is about representing. Um, but yes, uh, it was, I came to your show, loved it very much, but it was funny, just, it's just quite unique having someone who you only hear about um, through word of mouth still. Um, did you did you ha- enjoy your Edinburgh experience? Because you, so you've been uh, here for yeah. a month and you then you were spending a week here in London straight after Edinburgh. Uh, I, well, I just f- find that there's, there's so many shows. Yeah. That you can have choice paralysis over which Harry Potter improv troupe to see. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like it's it's a unique place. Yeah. Like you have to dodge a juggler to get a coffee. There's no more Harry Potter improvised musicals in a square mile anywhere else in the world. It, yeah, and exactly. That's why it's the They're great. all there. You're like, should I see Spontaneous Potter? <laughs> should I see Barry Potter? <laughs> and, and like, it's funny because. Do you end up not seeing any Potters? Well, yeah, I just end up. You got up, paralyzed. I end up just watching um, televised comedy in my room. <laughs> During the biggest, like, live comedy festival. Well, the best thing I saw at Edinburgh Fringe was Mission Impossible, the new Mission Impossible. We yeah, all, no. We all went to watch that, and that was my pick, my pick of the Fringe. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, that should be the real pick of the Fringe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just movies that you saw in neighbouring towns. 
You can put a sticker on the movie. And the year before. That'd be mm- funny to put stars on the um, <laughs> movie posters. Scotsman, four stars. <laughs> you know, Fringe Biscuit. Mm. Um, the year before, me and Paddy went out to Leith, which is not even in Edinburgh, yeah, to watch yeah. Top Gun. My yeah. pick of the fringe again. It was Tom Cruise has been my star of the fringe two years running. Uh, it's interesting you pick action movies because um, for me, that that's what really balances out the the improv Harry Potter vibe. Yeah, you have like, to an antidote. Like I, I need the I need whatever the polar. Yeah. Opposite of a, a juggler on stilts doing improv with a Belgium acrobat is. Yeah. I and mean, it, Tom Cruise yeah. really doesn't fit into Edinburgh at all. Exactly. You I need someone who doesn't him. fit into the mould. You can't see Tom Cruise at a free fringe show. Exactly. Sitting there. But then I, feel I don't want to see any cobblestones for a bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just for an hour. Yeah, I don't want anything quaint. No medieval. It's, no, it's nice to have a feeling that there's nothing wholesome or quaint about it. I want to see a guy... Put put um, gangsters in in a chokehold in a nightclub. Yeah, where it, like rain. I'm just describing John Wick, but I I just want to see something that's so uh, like counterbalanced. Well, yeah, but just on the Harry Potter thing, do you find it weird? So J.K. Rowling started writing Harry Potter in Edinburgh, mm. and there's like the cafes right in the centre. It's right yeah, yeah, yeah. Ne- near where you worked every day. Um, how do you think it would be nice to be like? Sort of like a Christmas Carol where you show the gross, you know, you take her through the future to the future, like the great yeah. ghost to Christmas future. Right. And you take her to all the improvised Harry Potter musicals. Yes. And that's all you show her. Like, yeah. I, how do you think JK would respond if you take her in the same, just a, just literally a couple of hundred meters away from where she started writing Harry Potter? And you show this is what, you've just started writing the beginning ideas and you're like, whoa, whoa. So did, she's, did you have the first idea? There's a kid, he goes to this wizarding school, he's called Harry Potter, and then you just zoom her forward and then you show her, you take her on a tour through all the improvised Harry Potter musicals. That's a great thought experiment. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it, do you know what it is? It's like what you've described is almost the opposite of Shakespeare. <laughs> because like, obviously, like, I know Shakespeare's good, but I'm not going to read any of it. No. But I do like the influence he had on other stuff. Yeah. Like Succession is sort of the Harry Potter improv troupe of... <laughs> J.K. Rowling. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Succession is the ghost of Shakespeare's past. Well, Harry Potter is the ghost of... Shakespeare's the ghost of Harry Potter's past in some ways. So it's a... Do you think cultural move to the point where Shakespeare will be like the Odyssey? Like ancient Greek. Yeah. And Harry Potter will be like Shakespeare. I'm not sure. Do you think Harry Potter can have the effect that Shakespeare has? I I think, well... Well, because as culture gets more and more trashy, do you not think that... Well, it's funny because the improv troops that are doing Harry Potter probably hate J.K. Rowling the most in the world. Yeah. Like, which I find funny because they would say that she's worse than Hitler. Definitely. But, but then they're in the Mein Kampf book club. Yeah. You know? At the, well, they'll be, be in the Mein Kampf book club saying it was still a very important book for me growing up. Yeah, exactly. But the guy that wrote it was, I think, has, has yeah, kind of veered separate, off course. I wonder if you could separate the art from the artist. I liked it when he was just feverently anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah. But having followed through with it, I had to distance myself. But the, I still enjoy the original text. Yeah. And we do improvise around it and do readings and try and interpret the stuff. I mean, I have a bit about J.K. Rowling, but I do, I, I do have a respect for her. I do love the... I love the way that she carefully built this world that perfectly attracted the exact kind of people who would hate her views that she'd have later on. Like, she perfectly crafted this world. That's fascinating. You know, like... Brick by brick, she like built this kind of beautiful, magical wonderland where anyone who felt like a misfit could sort of disappear into. And all the young girls who maybe at school were getting rejected, felt weird, would come home and they'd, they'd disappear and escape into this wonderful world she'd built. And now she's finished it. She's just brick by brick destroying it. Yeah. And <laughs> this kind of safe house that she'd built where she's like, it's sort of like, um, when like a terrorist attack when they're trying to get as many people into one place as possible yeah like yeah. she's built this thing where she's trying <laughs> to get as many vulnerable misfits into one place as possible and now she's just taking it down right. brick by That's brick a good, yeah it's like if Isis put on a farmer's market <laughs> 
And then all these really like nice, wholesome people yeah, yeah, came yeah. with the puffer vests, yeah, and yeah, yeah. the cardboard <laughs> box full of heirloom tomatoes, and then they got them all together and just blew the place up. Yeah, that's what she's done with and their it, imagination. And I, I, you can't help but respect it. There's something like majestic yeah. about it. Well, I think because it's such a magical world, that's yeah. what is experienced as the biggest betrayal. Yeah. Because when it's magic, it's like you're deeply ensconced in your imagination. And so it's such, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like yeah. she was writing like international crime thrillers. No, she is now, but. Yeah. <laughs> She's pivoted to James Patterson territory, yeah. to Ian Rankin. She's going to be on the bookshelf yeah. with Ian Rankin at the Holiday House. Have you seen, because you're a big fan of airplane literature, aren't you? Or like the genre of airplane books. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, the highest form. The highest form. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't read and it's my big the big thing I want to change um, but can, do you know anything about the James Patterson Bill Clinton collapse uh, <laughs> no because he's no, done two really collabs he's done a James Patterson's done a collab with Bill Clinton where it's called like the president is missing and he's done a collab with Dolly Parton about I, oh, the, yeah I don't like when, when stuff's like ghost written and collabed it just but I just how does is James Pitt Patterson and Bill Clinton are they spitballing ideas I don't th I think it'd be like Prince Harry and um, with the, his ghost writer oh so he's sort of ghost writing because uh, it's a pr presidential thriller it, but it, I guess it, it's more like a, he's like a consultant on I, I think it'd be him writing it all and then going do you mind if I put your name on this <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that's honestly I, yeah. I honestly yeah. can't imagine but it's just so like you were the president of the United States why are you why do you want your name on a crime thriller yeah, it's, I mean, th to me, those books, I just don't, any kind of crime, Ian Rankin, whatever, yeah. I'm just, I can't get into it, you know? My problem with reading is that I probably have quite similar taste to you where I like a lot of nonfiction or I like big things that feel like it's worthwhile. Like I, I, I struggle with things that are just like entertainment. Yeah. So I'm reading a th summer thrill at the moment called American Dirt. I'm about four pages in which is like a thriller from start to finish. But I don't think I'm going to learn anything about the human condition. I don't think I'm going to have anything that I can apply to my real life. It's more like an entertainment book. Yeah. But that's what my, my reading level is that of someone who can't understand big ideas. But then my interest is only big ideas. So I'm sort of stuck where the only things I want to read are things that are too complicated for me to read. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it is true that, yeah, if a book is just like purely for enjoyment it's harder for some reason but I can't if you love reading books I can understand like my sister reads loads of books so she reads books for entertainment but I'm like for me a book will never be entertainment because it's so much hard it's so hard for me to read yeah 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 but then the only ones the only books that seem to be of value to me are the books that are really complicated but then I'm so shit at reading I can't read these complicated books yeah, I mean, I'm shit at reading until I just reread the same page. Oh, yeah, constantly. I also, like, use a pencil to underline it. Yeah, that's a good uh, way to do it. But then when I lend a book to someone, it's weird. You like a scro scrolling is my madman. Yeah, because I, like, they'll be like, yeah, you just underline the word the. <laughs> like, it, it won't be a key word. It'll just be, like, an adverb or something. And it'll be the only word on the page. But it's, it's literally because, it's not because the, the word the was triggered me. It was because I was trying to keep myself present. Yeah. So, you, like, anytime you I. yourself. Yeah, anytime I underline, yeah. that's like my way of when the monk hits you with the stick. Yeah. To make sure you're back on. Yeah. It's just It's my stick, but I hit the book with um, it. Highlighting adverbs. Yeah. So, there's no. It's not because that passage meant anything to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, did you. Um, so, did you have a good Edinburgh? Did you enjoy the experience? Uh, I don't enjoy it. No. I mean, it's just. It's, 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 it's too much stimulus for me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just too, it's because, cause I'm traveling as well. Yeah. Um, there's often a lot of, of drama going on with, yeah. to do with that. Yeah. To do with like SIM cards, getting locked out of bank accounts. So you're, you're living in a James Patterson novel. I'm living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like a spy. <laughs> like I'm using a pin to get the SIM card out so that I can replace a UK SIM. <laughs> Um, I'm like trying to contact Jeff Bezos <laughs> on his direct email address. There's no way you can speak to him. I've got to, I've got five um, yeah, minutes. I'm yelling at what I think are chatbots, <laughs> but it might be Filipinos. You're living in the Truman yeah, Show uh, yeah, as well. It's, I, 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 I am, uh, and like, I'm getting disconnected. I'm like, I'll do the gig and then phone 
a bank in Australia. Yeah. Um, I'll have to use an app to make an international <laughs> You've call. You've got four different passports. Four different passports. Only one of them's yours. One of them's mine. The <laughs> None rest, of them are yours. The rest are mementos. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just, I'm just in this, admin, I call it, it's an administrative K-hole. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it, I don't need to do ketamine. I can just no. do, like, seven hours of admin and lose my mind and, like, just get into a full whirlpool of yeah. just, like, abusing customer service representatives. <laughs> like, crying while they play Fleetwood Mac on the hold music. And then just fantasizing about jumping out of the window and blaming it on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my fantasy is to, to just jump out of the window and just splatter it, but have a note saying... This is for you, Jeff. Yeah. So Jeff, well, so Jeff's getting it. Well, he might get it because I feel Jeff wouldn't care. Is my problem. No, he might not. Maybe it's good middle managers. Blame it on I a feel. local bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think but local. You've got to local. think because the the customer service people they're sort of foot soldiers. They yeah. don't really. You kind of want that middle manager. Yeah. But it's a losing game with the anger you feel being put on hold by customer service. The undignifying feelings, you know. Um, I would be okay with it if it was fair. But it's but they like, shuttle you there's along. No they way, shuttle you there's along. no way to get closure. Yeah. There's no way to get revenge. Mm. That's what's so... There's no like... Because you were talking about like John Wick, like revenge thrillers. Exactly. It's like it'd be a great revenge thriller getting back at the people who put you on hold for four the, hours. Well, that's why you watch it. Yeah. During the, <laughs> during the festival. Because you imagine their face on yeah. the guy that he's kicking. But there's just no recourse for that there is no way to get revenge yeah there's no revenge it's so coldly impersonal yeah and it's built into this thing that there's like it's sort of like there's no way that you can punish them for what they've done it, yeah it's 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 an obstacle course of chatbots and humans <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you're doing a Turing test at every level of it <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. of this like protracted just uh, continual shuttling along to different departments and then they ask it, you they have the cheat to ask you if you're a robot yeah do you have that when I you're getting that. caught in that and then you're, you're begging for a human and then a robot asks you if you're a human. That's the indignity. Yeah. And then they, ma you... they make the test so hard that it's really hard to prove you're a human. Yeah, exactly. Which just adds no, to it's the, actually really hard. They, it's getting so much harder. The, when you, have you, you done the eight puzzles? Yeah. Eight pu it's like eight in a row. And it's you're like, I can't, I can't see that. <laughs> yeah. You feel like a robot. I would actually you question your own humanity. robot to help me do those tests. <laughs> Don't you think? Like, just to be like, is that a stop sign? I can't <laughs> yeah. tell. Yeah, and then why is it yeah, like slightly into another grid? It's like, why are you making it so... Like, I feel like that's... That's what I'm saying about the New World Order thing. Is. Put a barcode on my forehead and just scan me in. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? Beam me up. Yeah. Like, I can't remember these passwords. Yeah. I have, I have about 18 different passwords. They're all different. Well, did you not use the same genesis of your password? I know I tried to, but it, it just, it got out of hand. Yeah. It, well, it the, the, that's hand. the problem with the passcode is that you have your base level passcode and then there'll be a new thing, which is for security, you have to now add two special characters. Exactly. So you have the base of your password plus uh, like a hyphen. Yeah. yeah. But then they'll have to ask, a couple of things will ask different ones. It needs to be 10 characters. So everything's this variation. I had to add a swastika to my keypad <laughs> just, to get, just to get an extra character in because I was running out of characters. So now it just, and I make all my passwords really rude so I can remember, but then that doesn't even work because it's like fuck with a F and then a bracket. Yeah, yeah. and a swastika. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I can't remember if it's swastika fuck <laughs> or if it's fuck swastika. Swastika. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just this arms race with passwords. And it kind of reminds me of like the first password you have is like the first strain of COVID. Yeah. And then each time you forget it, it mutates. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you're dealing with Delta. Yeah, yeah, the Delta strain. Like, so I'm on the Delta strain for my yeah. Amazon password, but I'm still on whatever the Micron <laughs> for my ANZ. They're in various stages of development. <laughs> so I can't keep a track on the viral progression of the passwords <laughs> as they continue to mutate and, 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 and cause me. My, it's, well, I'd rather have long COVID than have to remember these passwords. You'd rather the brain fog of reality than having to remain... Well, what's the difference between brain fog and modern life? Yeah, I know. Do you know? I can't... It's so indistinguishable what people have got, but everyone it assumes what they've got is... They want to try and... Attribute it. When it's it. just 
It's just the general malaise. Well, I've got like, Lyme's disease and long COVID, so it's hard to tell which is which because they're the same thing because I got bitten by a tick in, in the CBD, which was just absurd. Did you? Yeah. Got- in, we're just where The Matrix was filmed in Sydney. Um, you know that scene where he's walking through the city yeah. with Morpheus? Yeah. I was just around there on a park bench yeah. and I got bitten by a tick. And it gave you Lyme's disease? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure my life has changed drastically <laughs> since then. Doctors in, in Australia deny that it's a thing. <laughs> was it, is it, did it feel like you were in the Matrix then? A little bit. Maybe that was the glitch. It was, a, it was, it was like something from the real world came through and now you're... Oh, right. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like and the now, tick. Well, you've, now you've almost taken the red pill when that, that bite happened. So the tick hit. is the red pill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've been bitten and now you see reality for what it is. Or like you're yeah. getting clues coming in. That's one of the clues. Yeah. It's like that theory. I don't know if you've heard the guy that said 9-11 when the planes hit the buildings. That was actually reality. Fi- seep- no, that was actually um, fiction seeping into reality. It opened up a portal. Oh, so it was like fan fiction. No, I think he's just insane. But, he, <laughs> but, but I think I just like the metaphor of it. Yeah. Do you know? Like, because like all the Hollywood movies that predicted like these terrorist attacks, it's yeah. like the fiction of those movies from the 90s. Well, it's, it's, it's into- the most cinematic terrorist attack of all time. Like it's, it's aesthetically unbelievable. Yeah. Like it, it is Michael Bay level. You'd watch that and be like, oh, great. Like a silly film about a plane flying into the Twin Towers and knocking and no way they fall like that like perfectly like it is just it's like unbelievably cinematic it's like when a comedian watches Boris Johnson they're like it's it's I can't compete yeah you can't compete with this yeah yeah it's similar to that yeah um I also I mean I've talked about this on the podcast but I'm so obsessed with the George Bush did 9-11 theory yeah I just like I really want to people who believe that I just want to know like how do you think he pitched it how did George Bush pitch doing 9-11? Yeah. What was his... Like, how did he lay out? Like, that's such a bold idea to bring to the table. It is. And I feel if I was I'd George Bush, I'd be really nervous because what if they, they didn't agree? Like, I feel yeah. there's a lot of backlash that could happen. It's a big gamble to be it's like... A huge gamble. You have to it's posit as a hypothetical first and then see if anyone was into it. But it, 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 it makes George Bush, like, the greatest gambler of all time. Yeah. Or like it makes him like the biggest risk taker ever, and I just don't see that in the way he's ever acted outside of that. Yeah, it's 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 incongruous because the theory is that he was doing it so that he could respond to it, and then it would give him enough public support to win the next election. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of the theory. Yeah, that George it, Bush did nine eleven so that there'd be a huge disaster that he could be the strong man in front of, and that that would build up support for his next election. Yeah, which just it, feels like. That's such a crazy risk to take. There's so many ways that could go wrong. Yeah, it's... Well, is that the one that they say it's an inside job? Yeah. Jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it was an inside job, but the plane started on the outside and ended up inside. Would you... So, so Just physically. So you think physically is a genuine... Like, physically it's an inside job? Yeah, just like from... The plane took off the, the, from inside. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, 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 yeah, I never get the steel beams and this stuff. I don't understand like buildings. I don't, I'm not, I'm not you know when someone's like, it's the steel beams. I'm it's like, like, you're not an architect either. I, I know nothing about, I, I can't I even log into an Airbnb. <laughs> like, I don't know how to, how building works. And it's like, maybe jet fuel does melt steel beams. Like when people say that, I don't feel like. I don't, don't even understand anything about I don't about even scratch anything. my head. I'm like. No, it seems like jet fuel could melt steel, steel beams. I don't understand the Ukraine war. I don't know what's going on. What, do, what, what are you struggling with the Ukraine war? Well, I'm just like, it's, it's ongoing, isn't it? But yeah. it's, it's, do you know what I mean? It's like- Well, it's more, I, I'm, quite, I'm quite into the Ukraine war because it feels like, I'm, I, I was into World War II and it feels like, it feels like a battle reenactment or like a fan fiction of World War II. Like it's all the same locations that a lot of it happens. It, it's the first war where it's too- like I guess sort of first world countries right to yeah. like like two modern modern European countries so it's the first war where you could get Uber Eats to the trenches <laughs> like there's people in the trenches with trench foot going like should we get a chicken dick and masala yeah. or yeah. 
Like they can bring it to the trenches. It's like when you see someone in a park getting Uber Eats yeah, de- yeah. delivery. Yeah, that's what they're doing. And it's not—it's not like a a bitchy sort of Cold War sort of proxy. It's like it's two big powers. It's like it's 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 happening. It's real. Yeah, it's the first. It's not espionage. It's like proper. Well, they Ukraine—they're getting drones delivering Amazon packages. <laughs> And dropping and, bombs. And bombing schools. <laughs> so it's like, they don't know if it's the textbook <laughs> for that class that they're doing or if they've got to find a new school. So yeah. that's bizarre. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, to see a McDonald's get blown to smithereens is uncanny. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's Well, it's just like Putin has such an old school mindset where he's such a, he's like a, a, a figure you read about. Yeah. But he's happening right now. Like he shouldn't exist. You shouldn't have a megalomaniac acting the way he is. Yeah, it shouldn't happen. Playing Civilization V, basically, in real time. You just feel like we're, we're sort of, we're done with that, you know? And that's what's sort of exciting about it. Well, yeah, I, I feel like these, these uh, what do you call them? Oligarchs? No, autocrats or whatever. Yeah, oligarchs, yeah. Uh, I just feel like, wouldn't you just, you're 70. Yeah. Like, you've got like a thyroid problem, I think. Yeah, that's what's insane. Like, wouldn't you just want to be like, let's just, just kind of enjoy we talked about this in the podcast because you know how all of these health problems of like you know the American Senate's sort of never been older yeah so uh, Joe Biden every other week is falling over in the hardest fall you've ever seen he's literally like Buster Keaton just like <laughs> like slipping yeah. it's like crazy he's like Chevy Chase in <laughs> SNL <laughs> but I'm just getting yeah. every week I'm getting a BBC News notification Biden falls at this, Biden falls up the stairs, Biden falls down the stairs, Biden falls yeah. into a well. It's like getting ridiculous because he's so old and he's so clumsy. But then you're having Mitch McConnell freezing live on air. Have you seen that? He got cold. Well, he just was talking and they went, he, he just turned off because he's like 89. Oh, you mean he froze like metaphorically. And it's weird how like, why are these people, why do these people want to carry on? Why wouldn't you? You're rich, you're powerful, you've done, achieved a lot in your life. Why wouldn't you chill now? Yeah, yeah. What is the desire to keep turning up to work and stress out over that sort of stuff? Uh, yeah, I just think it... it I mean, maybe it, it keeps them alive. I think of. so. I think that's what... Like, I do think it, there is that thing where you stop and then you get sick. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that. Um, with the Ukraine war, it feels like it's more like a bit awkward now. And that's what's... The diplomacy is kind of, kind of awkward because... Putin's idea was that he was just going to get in there in like three weeks, take over the whole thing and then reassess. But now it's clear that this is going to go on for like ages and like he doesn't want that. And Ukraine doesn't want it either. But it's like, it's too, he's too pri- proud to quit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it, it's kind of the Coke Zero of wars. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's like it, there's no calories. It's yeah. war without war, yeah. as they say. Well, it's, it's more like... It's like decaf. It's more like, it feels like, it's how do you end this war? Because you just kind of, Putin can't leave losing, but he can't win. Yeah. Because it's just physically he can't win. So the only way to save lives, we got to give him like an easy victory. That's like a fake victory. Yeah. So I don't know if we give him like a couple of cities and like, and then he can pretend because he needs to sell back to the Russian people that he's won no matter what. Yeah. Or else this will go on forever. And it'll just be, its it just seems low key. Yeah. Like it, it feels like in the World War II, like the cities were mobilized. Yeah. Like people had to stop doing what they were doing. Yeah. But now people are just going about their daily life. They're just life. doing stuff. <laughs> and then occasionally a drone strike hits. Yeah. But then they go, they stop for a bit like it's a fire alarm yeah. and then go back in yeah. and resume. And that's what's so, you know, like it's like, oh no, we're going to, we're going to do alfresco dining. Yeah. We still do alfresco, but just watch out for the debris. Um, when uh, so Dan was in London for a, is is in London for a, a bit after Edinburgh, and you did message me. We were going to hang out, and uh, you invited me to see the Equalizer Three at Leicester yeah. Square IMAX. Yeah, which I, I I like that as a concept. Like, so how many times have you been to London? Uh, I've been here a, a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, but like, it's I I do think there's something very powerful about like traveling to like one of the biggest cities in the world yeah. and going straight to the IMAX to watch it, the Equalizer 3. Yeah. So you could do anywhere else. Like, I think that's just, 
I think there's something a lot to be respected about that. Well, yeah, it, it, well, it's like, it, it's kind of that thing. It's like, you just want the comfort of, you want to recreate what you can do at home. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny though. Yeah, just, yeah. Literally, the cinema is the most reproducible atmosphere ever. It's it's almost, yeah, if you woke up in any cinema, you'd, you'd have to- No idea. You'd, you'd, have no to, idea. You'd, you'd take a while to work out which one, if it was your local. You'd have to go out. There's, it's there's the same so no thing. Way, you know. I think I'd just, I'd be able to tell by whether it had Pepsi or Coke. That's it. That's yeah. literally it. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's there's something just, uh, yeah, I, like it's just, you, you go and do the things they tell you to do. I used to do that. Yeah. You Google the thing, they top 10 top things. Top 10 things to do. You go to the Hermitage. Yeah. You do a gondola. Yeah. But then you're like, what am I doing? Like, this is, do you know? Like. I don't, because I, I don't relate to that part because for me, it's like. If I'm somewhere else, I will try and do things that only they do. No, I will try. I have tried to do that. Yeah. And it just, it just hasn't worked. You know? <laughs> so you've retreated back to the equalizer three. It's like, I, I remember just doing stuff that I never wanted to do yeah. because you, you would like feel that it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Like I used to go to music festivals. Yeah. And you know, the squelch of a gumboot, the, the distant aroma of a goslame. Yeah. As it kind of felt, you know, like all that stuff. And I'd be like, I think I like this. I think I like the portaloos. Well, it's sort of tents. like that feeling when you're trying to work out whether you like theme parks. Yeah. Because it's like the whole vibe of a theme park is, it is the most fun place in the world. Like it's like theme parks, they only exist for fun. Like fun is the only thing they're trying to achieve. Yeah. Everything's about fun. There's not like fun and a bit of meaning. It's like every single thing in that theme park is trying to build towards you having a great time. Yeah. So you feel like it's sort of like you have to be having a great time or you have to like them. Once exactly. Because then what's- this There's is too a, much pressure. Yeah, exactly. And I feel that with music festivals and certainly stuff like that. It's like, there's just, just people just do stuff and you just follow on. Yeah. And, I and think, it takes a while to realize. I think it took ages. It's it's counterintuitively difficult to work out what you like. Yeah. Do you know what, you know what I mean? Like it is actually hard. Very hard. Yeah, well, it's no, very hard to know what do I actually feel this way? Why am I being told to feel this way? And also, what should I be brave and grit my teeth through? Because it's valuable. Yeah, because there are things that you should do because... Other people do them. Yeah, there are things where you're like, I'm glad I did this. Yeah. But it was against my instinct. There is, you do need to have that amount. You do need to factor that in as well. And I think sometimes you do need to grow up and have a bad time. You, you need to what? You do need to grow up and just have a bad time. What, just have bad times? Places. Yeah, you, you, you know, if, even if you don't like music festivals, sometimes it's like, yeah, all your friends are going. You just need to grow up and Well, yeah, you're glad time. that you've done them. Yeah. That you did do them. Yeah. To even know that you didn't like them. That's important, I think. I think. Yeah, yeah, you need to have those. And, and, and it's good, like, having those. It's, it's just funny to remember how bad mm. it was. Um, <clears throat> so when, you, when you're heading back to Australia... Uh, in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. How um, where do you live in Australia, Sydney? Yeah. How do you how do you feel? Have you how do you have you been to the UK much? Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been I've been a bunch of times. And you said that you think you'd maybe struggle to live in the UK because you think with your mindset, throwing on the weather might be too much. Uh, like a lot a lot of it's upkept by the sunshine in America, a lot of your mental health. Yeah, I think in like- In Australia. I think it's like, because say if I was like a really optimistic, like um, like happy-go-lucky person. Yeah. I think this would be perfect because the medieval counterbalance- Do you like that? Well, no, I, I, I think internally, like my soul is porridge. Do you think- You know? So do you think soulfully you're quite suited to the islands? To the UK? Uh, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think like my yeah, my my spirit animal is like a um a porridge. <laughs> my spirit animal is a bowl of porridge eating crisps. <laughs> it, basically, <clears throat> if if a bowl of porridge could become sentient and eat a bag of crisps, yeah. that would be my soul. Well, it's a weird combination between the UK and Australia because Australia is better and then the UK is better. They're better for such different reasons, but we're also the same. Yeah, the, the biggest thing I like the biggest thing well, I've noticed for me is that like with that's incredible is that you can go to a Lidl or an Aldi and buy like a new scientist magazine yeah like they have them on the shelf yeah now when I go to the I'll go to the most prestigious news agent <laughs> in Australia 
and try and find a new scientist and they'll be like, we've only got lottery tickets and porn. Yeah. And so that's crazy to me. Yeah. You can go to like the lowest brow <laughs> yeah, supermarket yeah. and yeah. it's stocked with all the broadsheet newspapers. Yeah. And, but yeah, so that is huge. And people read on, in public. Yeah. Here. It's not, you won't get beaten up for reading. Yeah. It's like, there's just like a lot of people were just reading on the um, train. Yeah. Yeah. You it, know, so that, that's, I like that just because there's more access to, Culture. Like reading materials and stuff. Yeah. You know, you're not having to like travel like to two hours to get a GQ magazine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's what I noticed as well is like, because I got heckled a bunch here. Yeah. But um, what was weird is I always thought the audience was was against me in those interactions. What, but in here, here? Here, yeah. Just because the difference is in Australia, they root for the heckler. Really? So they're like, get him. Yeah. And then they're like- he's trying to find a loophole from being in the economy. How do you mean? Like, like you're trying to exist outside of like the framework of like, so like you why, should be, why, why do Australians support the heckler? Because they're like, you shouldn't be up there. Like you should be at an accounting firm. Like I am really. And the, and the goal to, to do this, like, I'm glad they're heckling you and I hope they destroy the show <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and they'll let them destroy the show. And, yeah. and, but whereas do you find UK audience? I feel there's a real thing of like, breaking social contracts we really don't like here. Yeah. So, so the idea of shouting at a show that is was like really, such a heinous crime. That was a huge revelation to me that, because I, you know, I got heckled a bunch, but yeah. it, every single time it felt like the, they were against the heckler. And I was like, really? This is a crazy I was like, feeling. you don't like this person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not yeah. lauding them for the yeah. goal? Well, I feel like Australia is built on hecklers. Yeah. Like I feel like the history of Australia is... In the UK, there's people heckling in shows um, back in the Victorian age or whenever. And that broke the social contract. Yeah. So they didn't fit in. So we punished them by sending them to Australia. So it's a continent of hecklers. Genetically, yeah. Yeah, so it's just gene- like you, the part is all the hecklers from UK and Ireland have been sent to one country. It, well, it might even happen the same amount, but it's just that the, the rest of the people yeah. are against it. Yeah. Is what is different. It's a heckler culture. That's interesting to me that yeah. they, they side against that. I, I couldn't yeah. believe it. Um, that was the biggest culture shock moment. Thanks so much for coming on today, Dan. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll go over to the Patreon now, but this is the main episode. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Normally, we, we, we plug kind of things that are, you've got a special <laughs> potentially coming out at some point. Do you have anything you want to plug to Sorry? our listeners? Uh, oh, well, yeah, I don't know when it's happening. We'll see, but it'll be on. Well, yeah, because I guess normally at the end of a podcast, you'd have like a comedian would plug his socials, he'd plug yeah. things that, but then, so w- is there anything you'd want to say? No, I don't have anything on the horizon. <laughs> I, uh, I'm looking forward to just um, not doing anything for a year. Um, so Dan's going probably, back on welfare. Dan, Dan, Dan's probably not going to do anything for a year. So there's there's no there's no way to find him anywhere. There's no content. There's no content. So this is this I'm is a it. digital ghost. This is it for Dan. Uh, this is I'm merely a ghost whisperer. Um, I'm an exorcist. Um, thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll be back with normal episodes next week. Um, have a good time. Do you have anything to say to my my listeners? Oh, uh, keep listening. Keep listening. You heard that from Darren himself. Thank you very much. Goodbye.